Hi, this is Millie, and welcome to the Escaping Narcissistic Mothers podcast, where you'll find the validation and love you've been looking for. I can help you navigate the difficult waters of going no contact. Please follow me on Instagram at Escaping Narcissistic Mothers, all one word. Hi, guys. I hope you're all doing well today. I hope you're having a good day and a good week and a good month. Um, just so you know a little bit of my drama, <laughs> um, I switch platforms. I think I, I let you guys know. Um, you guys don't notice it on your end, but I was on Anchor and then I switched to Buzzsprout because specifically the analytics on Anchor are not good. So if you try to, for example, get a sponsor, they can't see your analytics on Anchor. So I switched to Buzzsprout, which is a paid platform. Um, and I'm not currently making money. So, that, you know, that's a difficult thing to do, even even for the amount of money that I pay for Buzzsprout. Um Inflation has really killed us in, in this household. Anyhow, um, so I start seeing that I have less downloads per episode of my podcast. I'm like, well, something's going on. Well, since Spotify owns Anchor, Spotify's RSS feed wasn't hadn't transferred over to Buzzsprout, so we couldn't see the Spotify downloads, which is over one third of my listeners are Spotify or from Spotify. Just, it was resolved, but it took days. Um, just a warning, just a warning for anybody who's interested in podcasting and analytics becomes an issue for you or you want it to be correct. Anchor is great to start if you're not if you're just starting, once you have an audience, you need to go on to another platform. Okay. And that's just my opinion. Buzzsprout is much better. Their customer service is awesome. And I'm not getting paid to say this. Um, and we'll see. I don't know yet, but I'm hoping that they will expand my podcast. Um, I went on another paid podcast, Podbean, and uh, my listenership went down a lot. And I don't know if it was the same issue, like the Spotify thing. I don't know. But Buzzsprout's really good, is all I'm going to say. So far, my first impression. All right. I want to start by thanking a person who was listening to my older podcast where I talk about my Patreon, which is still active, and I'm going to link in the show notes if anybody's interested. Um, not only did, did she join my Patreon, which I appreciate so much. Thank you so much. I'm going to offer it to you, to, to you guys as well. Please join for Patreon. That's $5 a month. I will offer some advice to you over email. Okay, that's my promise to you. 
And I will probably ask you for advice on a good podcast. And this person did that just that. She, I asked her, I, I thanked her and I asked her for advice and she gave me the best idea. I had never done, at least recently, a podcast specifically about this. So hang on, it's coming. Okay, so, um, so that's one thing. The other thing is, um, don't forget, I do offer coaching. Please go to my link tree, also in the show notes. And the first button on my link tree is book a session. Just press the button to get the information. You do not have to book a session just because you press a button, okay? It'll give you the information about cost and all of that, okay? Um, I cannot give advice to everyone because it is emotionally daunting, okay? It's really difficult, um, I offer you guys advice on my Instagram, right? And I, and I do this, but I can't one-on-one offer advice to everybody. So I have to monetize. That's, that's part of how this works, right? Um, so please consider coaching. Okay. All right. Let's get into this podcast. So this person who um, gave me a suggestion gave me, you know, part of her story. And I forget this sometimes. And I don't know why, but I forget this. And the topic is, does your mother love you? Does she show you love? Did she show you love as a child? Okay. Um. Look, I know that a lot of you have found me because you you somehow came across the term narcissistic mother. And then you guys want the validation of my mother is a narcissist. I'm going to say this one more time. It doesn't matter if her mother is not technically a narcissist. And what I mean by that is she doesn't have... It's it's nine traits of narcissism. They have to have five in order to be clinically diagnosed as a narcissist, right? With narcissistic personality disorder. Your mother may be high in narcissistic traits, but not be a narcissist or just be a toxic person, okay? Now, toxic person, narcissist is pretty much the same thing. In my, in my opinion, in my opinion... <laughs> Um, but it doesn't matter, right? That term doesn't really matter whether they're a narcissist or not. If they are hurting you, that's what we want to, you know, keep in mind. Now, um, I talked about my coaching a minute ago and someone responded to when I offered coaching to someone, they're like, well, you're, you're so no contact and I'm not ready to go no contact. Okay. I want to, I want to clear that up. I am not the no contact person. <laughs> what I do is explain no contact. Is no contact the best way to for you to heal from a narcissist? 100%. Is it something that's right for everybody? Absolutely not. 
Okay. So if you are not no contact and you want coaching to get insight on how they behave, you you probably should be contacting me more than the no contact person because that's my thing. I know exactly how they're going to behave, what they do, what they don't do, what to expect, and I can guide you through that. I just wanted to to clear that out that I'm not the no contact person. Um, I talk about no contact a lot because it is the best way, but I know not everybody's ready, and that's okay with me, and I can help you to navigate through that. All right, off to talking about what I was going to talk about, what I'm talking about. So some of you, most of you probably have memories from your childhood and cannot really Think about when was when your mom hugged you, kissed you, told you you were doing great, told you she loved you. I have a hard time, and maybe that's why I, d- I haven't made a podcast about it, is because I don't really remember my mother hugging me a whole lot and kissing me. I have, I, I try really hard, okay? I try when it comes up. I try to think about my my childhood and did my mother hug and kiss me? And I can't think of a specific time. As I got older, it was more like when I got married, let's say I would come to visit and then I would have to kiss her when I said hello. And actually that became an issue when I met my current husband and he's not a big kisser and hugger of people he doesn't know. The only person he's affectionate with or people are me and my daughter. He's not affectionate really physically with anybody else. And he didn't, he wasn't affectionate with my mother and that upset her. You know, she would complain, how come he doesn't, he doesn't kiss me? Because he, that's the way he is and you have to respect that. You know, that's the the not respecting boundaries thing. But so does your mother love you? If she's really truly a narcissist, she has no capacity to love you. And I'm sorry to say that because those words are harsh. Okay, they're very, very harsh. Hard to swallow, hard to accept. But they don't love you. They can't. Okay, they have a personality disorder that, and this is not an excuse, that prevents them from loving anyone, okay? Their love goes as far as, I'm going to be nice to the person who can give me something, okay? And we are narcissistic supply, okay? I heard this from... Chris Godinez, maybe a year ago or two years ago. She's, check her out if you have not done that. I will hopefully remember to put her name in the show notes. Um, She's awesome. She's a therapist. And she says that, what you know, someone asked her, why do narcissists have kids? They have kids because they have guaranteed narcissistic supply for 18 years. That is a hard pill to swallow. 
That's a really hard pill to swallow. To know that your mom had you for to have narcissistic supply, to have someone to abuse, to to manipulate, to to get an emotional response from so that they can feel better about themselves, to treat you as an extension of themselves. But behind closed doors, they might have bragged about you to other people when you were a child. You probably heard a lot like, oh, my daughter has straight A's and my daughter this and my daughter did a project and there was a whole story about a project that I did in fourth grade where... I think she made up part of this story anyway, but um, we had to do, it was for history class and I wasn't good at history. So it had to do with like the Native Americans, natives, and to to write a report, but to pick um, a tribe, right? The Algonquins or the Iroquois. Remember all those tribes for the Americans here? Um. And to pick a tribe and then write a, a, a report, you know, do some research, get an encyclopedia for my Gen Xers and, and do a report. And I didn't know what to do. And my mother pretty much talked to me about the tribes in Cuba. And I did the report on that. And the T and I, I did get a good grade on it. But my mother tells a sto- told a story about that that didn't make sense which is that the teachers didn't know if what was in the report was true, so they had to do some research on it. I don't know if that's true or not. I I don't remember the teacher ever talking to me directly. Um, I do believe that my mother made up probably a lot of what was in the report anyway, so uh, I got an A-plus because it sounded good, probably, right? But she bragged about that and about what happened. So that's what we're good for. We're good for getting narcissistic supply from other people too because they can brag about you and then they get praised for being such a great parent um but behind closed doors we don't get that that love we don't get that support we don't get the validation we don't get you know you're doing great you know we don't get that behind closed doors we don't get love I'm sure some of you remember going to get hugged and getting pushed away. The person who suggested this had that story. I don't remember being pushed away. I just don't remember my mom hugging, kissing me very much. I don't remember it. I try and try and try, and I just it's not there. If there's if it doesn't exist, I'm not going to remember it. So. No, they don't they don't show us love. That's the answer. They don't show us love. And that's hard because a child needs love, hugs, kisses. When my daughter was a baby and a toddler, you know, it was so delicious to get cuddles and for me to just hug and kiss her and just look at her. It was so satisfying. So I, I, it's hard for us to understand that because we're not like that, right? Because we do love our children. We love other people. We know what that means. You don't hurt people you love. That's 
the basic, the most basic thing is you don't hurt what you love, not on purpose anyway. You know, it's it obviously. I mean, in a romantic relationship, you're going to hurt that person. It's it's natural, but the important thing is taking accountability and changing the behavior. That's something I've been talking a lot, a lot about lately because of the new generation coming up, the Gen Zers, that. The reason they're going no contact with the Gen X parents is because they see that they're not taking accountability. So our parents never took accountability. If anything, they gaslit us every time we brought something up. If, if we were to say, I don't remember you hugging me. I used to hug you all the time. I mean, I guaranteed that would be the answer. They're gaslighting you. They're telling you, that you're wrong, your memory's wrong, and theirs is right. And that's not that's not right. That's not okay. <laughs> you know? So, no, they don't love us. They don't love us. They use us. They use us to get supply for themselves, supply from other people. That's what happens. And then when we get older and, and we have experiences where we need their love and support, like going through a tough time, for example. Going through a divorce, in my case, was one of those things where I really needed my parents to be on my side. But I knew the day that I decided that I had to get divorced, couldn't, couldn't live in that situation anymore, that I was choosing. That I was choosing between myself and keeping my family. And I was going to choose myself. I chose myself. Now, I was in therapy. Okay? And that therapist, I can't be more grateful for her. Because my mother tried to convince me that what I was doing was wrong. Just plain out wrong. How could I do that? How could I get divorced? I mean, I was divorcing someone that she was counting on to abuse me as well. That's what was going on. Okay? Most situations, most mothers want to destroy their child's relationship when they have a good one. If they have a bad one, they're cheering them on. Oh, well, she's living with a bad guy, so, right? He's doing the dirty work for me. That's how it was with her. Okay, I didn't get any support. And I know everyone's experience is different. Yours may have been different, right? Maybe yours she wanted you to get separate from your, your partner. Anyhow, my therapist, I, I, I went to her, I was crying, my mother, you know, this, and she said to me, hold on, what do you want? That is a question I had never heard. I answered so quickly, I want him to leave. Okay, there was no doubt in my mind. And there was no doubt in her mind that I was doing the right thing by getting divorced. And I did, and I'm, I've never been sorry Okay, so what happened after that? My mother stonewalled me for three months and told the family that I was the one that wasn't talking to her. She wasn't talking to me. That's what happened. 
Okay, so we get older and we still need that love and support. And actually, as we get older, that child is still looking for love and we end up in bad relationships because we end up looking for love in the wrong places. We look for love with people that are similar to our mothers or our our fathers, whoever the narcissist was. So we end up with narcissists, right? So guess what happened? I got divorced, and and the guy that I dated right after was a narcissist, like textbook kind of narcissist. Um, missing a few of the qualities, but a textbook, a textbook narcissist as far as his behavior. Um, so my mother hated this guy because this was a different situation. Even though he would have, he, he was manipulating me and doing all the things that a narcissistic partner does. She saw that he was also taking control of me. My ex was kind of on her side, but this one was not on her side. He didn't even speak Spanish. She couldn't talk to her. Um, he was just pulling me in, and and he actually, I got really close to moving in with him. Thank, oh my God, thank every star in the universe, because that did not happen. Because my life would be very, very different right now. I thank God every day the universe, whatever. I don't even know what I believe in sometimes. I think my go-to or is always thanking God. It doesn't matter, right? Then I met my husband because he saved my life, and I've told him that. He 100% saved my life because I would have ended up in, in, in any, other, any other choices I would have made, I would have ended up dead, God knows what. But anyway, moving on from that, when I was dating him, my mother hated him. My mother hated him because what I said, she knew that he was taking control. He was going to remove me from her. And that would have probably happened. I I started to, at that point, when she was doing the reactive abuse thing, like every time I saw her, she would pick on me, right? Provoke me. Regarding him, we would get into a blowout fight, then she would sit back and and go, look, look, she's the crazy one, right? That's reactive abuse. When I was behaving like a normal person, if you you provoke someone, they're going to react. That's that's the issue, but that gives them supply. And also showed my father what a horrible person I was, which, you know, I'm not going to get into that. Um. She was very, very, very abusive to me towards, uh, with him. I was 31 years old. I remember telling her all the time, but I'm 30, I'm over 30. What, you know, like, well, you can't control me. Like, that was the thing. And she would, like, make fun of me. Oh, you're 30. Well, I'm 34 years older than you. And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> you know? But this is the part that is very similar to my listener and to maybe a lot of you. And I've talked about this before, but it's been a while since I've mentioned it. And I'm glad that she said this because it reminded me of this. 
one day we were arguing, me and my mom were arguing, and I said to her, why can't you just love me unconditionally? I was 31 years old. Why is a 31-year-old woman telling her mother, why can't you love me unconditionally? At 31 years old, your mother shouldn't be doing anything to make you say those words. So to my listener, that's the important thing right there. In your 30s, why are you saying to your mom, why can't you love me? Okay, at 31, your mom is just a person who is there to pick you up. If something goes wrong. To support you. But they're not mommy anymore. But we. Because we didn't get what we needed. As children. Still feel. Like children. So we still want mommy. To be okay with our choices. And our decisions. The problem is. We're full on adults. And we can do what we want to. That is. Divorcing my ex. Dating that guy and breaking up with him on my own because I started to see the toxic behavior and with the help of the therapist, the same therapist that helped me to decide that I needed to get divorced. I realized and I did what I had to do for me because I was an adult. Getting love from mommy is not a necessary thing when you're in your 30s. You're you're an adult and, and you can totally just step back. You don't have to go no contact if you don't want to, but you can totally step back and stop telling mom everything. That's where my mom had me. She had me trained to tell her everything. As a child, she told me that I had to be honest with her 100% of the time. I couldn't lie and I could not tell her things. Because it was wrong, it was a sin. And I truly believed it. And I was in my 30s and I was still doing it. I was still telling her everything. With dating that guy. You know, they, they, they do say that every person comes into your life for a reason. And I, and I believe that. I mean, he was a bad guy, but I didn't date him that long. So... Eight months wasn't really a long enough time for me to be, you know, have been hurt by this guy long term. But the fact of the matter is, is that I was looking for this love from this person, from my mother, and and she wasn't giving it to me. But that was, again, that's that was my child looking for love, my inner child. That's why it's it's so important to look for that inner child. Um, to talk to the inner child and say, I love you. You don't need mom's love. So that's, you know, the bottom line is, no, they didn't love us. They didn't give us affection. They didn't love us as adults. They will never love us. Unfortunately, with narcissistic mothers, the older they get, the worse it gets. Right? It just does. Um, 
they the the rule of thumb is if you're a good person in life when you get older you become m- more sweet and, and nicer but if you were a bad person you were a narcissist those traits come out even stronger when you are when you get older so yeah i i remember saying that i remember wanting my mother's love so badly, wanting that support from her and never really getting it, never, never getting it, right? Because, I mean, the important things in life, you she should be there. I'm going to give you other examples of, of moments that are coming to me now where her reaction showed me that she didn't love me. I told her when I was trying to get pregnant, right? Um, I was very lucky to be very fertile. So I pretty much said I want to be pregnant. And second month I tried, I got pregnant. So that was that easy. Um, She, when I called her and said, you're going to be a grandma, I didn't get any reaction or response at all to that. Nothing. I swear I could have told her, hey, I had coffee this morning because it was the same reaction. Um, At that moment, I was like, did she hear me? I told her she was going to be a grandma and I'm her only child. As far as I know, (laughs) that's another story. I don't know. I'm thinking there might be more, but who knows? But I'm I'm her only child and, and she should... Be happy for me. You know? And she wasn't. She wasn't. And I don't know what it had to do with or why she wasn't happy. Um, It did take her a few months to get pregnant with me. Not nine years like she told me. It took her a few months. Um, So maybe that she was jealous. She was upset because, oh, my God, she got pregnant so quickly. Yeah, I'm fertile, and and my ex-husband, I guess, was fertile, so we got pregnant. You know, I got pregnant. That term, we got pregnant, and when guys say we're pregnant, I understand it. But uh, since the guy doesn't go through the pregnancy and the nausea and all of that, I still say when I was pregnant. Um. May not be politically correct or however you say it, but uh, I'm the one who was pregnant. Believe me, I'm the one who was pregnant. Um, that was one situation where I would have wanted a parade, <laughs> right? That's what you want, especially once your first kid. And it was it turned out to be my only kid, my only pregnancy. Um, and she's telling me nothing. She, she was just uh, no big deal, not silent. Um, there were many situations where I saw that she didn't love me. Okay. Uh, talking about the same thing, kind of. When my daughter was born, that's when she really ramped up the ignoring me, not loving me situation. And she was very clear about it, you know. 
it wasn't even like she was trying to be underhanded about it. She was very clear that I did not matter and that Emily, my daughter, was the only person who mattered. Um, she, she just behaved as if I didn't exist. Whenever she called, it, it was like, how's Emily? And I know that happens. And that's fine. I don't have a problem with it. But when it's your own mother and you're, let's say you're sick, which happened. Um, if my daughter had the sniffles, and I mean the sniffles, like no big deal. Stayed home from school one day because, you know, she just didn't feel 100%. My mother would come over, didn't call me to ask if she could, would come over with my dad, bring my daughter food and drinks and whatever I would be sick like really sick and I wouldn't hear from her and one day I told her that I was in my 40s already I told her that I said you know I'm getting tired of this I'm sick and you ignore me completely like you don't even call to see how I'm doing that caused her to call me one time to see how I was doing they show you, okay? This is the problem with us. We are so desperate for that love that instead of instead of seeing and believing what's really happening, we project what we want onto them. If that makes any sense to you. So it's it's not it's that part partially that we don't see what's really happening right we don't want to we don't want to accept that our mothers don't care that they don't love us even though they're showing it to us clearly right if so if you're going to your mom for a hug and a kiss and she pushes you away that's a problem that's a problem Okay, because you are their kid and you're looking for love and affection. That's a problem. I, we just didn't want to see it. We didn't want to see it. As children, of course, we didn't. But as adults, we need to look at what is actually happening and not what we want to happen. Believe what you see. Believe their behavior, right? Don't believe what you want in your heart to be true, but what is actually happening, what's actually true. That's what we need to believe and see. That's what we need to believe and see. Okay, guys, I hope this was helpful. I hope that I gave you enough examples of childhood and in my adult years of how the mother absolutely did not love us and that we just didn't want to see it. We, we just didn't want to because it's hard. I know how hard it is. Believe me, it's not easy to look at your mother who's supposed to be the one person who loves you unconditionally and accept that she doesn't love you at all. That is not an easy thing to accept. But until we can accept that, we cannot move on with our lives. 
until we say, fine, you don't love me, I love myself. My partner loves me. My kids love me. I don't need your love. And move on. I've had to do that with my father. And let me tell you something. I didn't think it would be this quick, nor did I think it would be this easy. And I use that word, you know, in quotes, easy. But every time I think of my father, I don't see the man I used to see in my head, in my imagination, that projection. I don't see daddy anymore. Who do I see? This man who his whole life has done heinous, horrendous things. That it's very possible that my father is a narcissist and I just didn't want to accept that either. At the very least, he is toxic and a horrible person. Who goes around having kids and abandoning them? Three. Before me, I'm number four. That he, he's abandoned because he's cho- he was the one who chose not to speak to me. Now I'm the one who's like, okay, thanks for doing that. That clears things up. I'm in my power. You don't exist. I hate you. Well, I said I hate you. Maybe because I got a little fired up. I don't hate him. I don't want him in my life. The only thing I'm concerned with is that he is going to change his mind if something goes wrong. Because he is alone. And if he changes his mind, I'm not sure I want to be there. That's going to cause a whole other you know, slew of issues. All the flying monkeys will come back at that point. But I'm in my power now. I don't need him. I go out now and I don't worry about running into him. I That's amazing that it happened this quickly. I think because I went through that already with my mother. I mean, they were married. So he it was with him too. But I thought when she died, he would see things clearly and he hasn't. And you know what? It's because he's toxic too. He's He was toxic before he met my mother. Okay? And... People see things differently and they want me to see things differently, but I'm, I don't and I won't. We have to see things the way they truly are and how people don't see. Do you not understand that he was married twice before? I don't care about that, okay? And I don't. But that he had kids in those marriages that he just decided, I don't want to be a part of their life. I'm going to stay with this one. And the one kid that he thought maybe would be a part of his life saw the toxicity of the situation, found out because he had three kids, and they hid it from me. And everything turned around. So things didn't turn out as he expected. Because you cannot throw some seeds in the ground, turn your back on them, and then expect to have a beautiful garden. To come back to. That garden's never going to grow. It's not going to grow. And that's what happened. It didn't grow with my brothers. And it didn't grow with me. With mine. It was. It, it might have grown a little. But he chopped it off. And that, that's what happened. Alright guys. I'm going to end there. Don't forget to look in the description. In the show notes. For links. Also don't forget my Facebook group. Which is private. So. It doesn't matter. 
if you don't want flying monkeys and other people to see it, I'm the one that has to let you in. So you have to answer questions and please answer the questions and say that you accept the rules of the group. Because if not, I cannot let you in, <laughs> right? Um, and, you know, follow me on Instagram, the whole shebang. Just do everything, right? <laughs> Patreon, get do coaching. <laughs> All right, guys, I love you so much. I hope this was helpful. I hope this cleared some things up for you. I love you. I am one of you. And until next time.